This podcast covers mature, intense, morbid, and sometimes just scary stuff. Listener discretion is advised. When a deadly entity from space crash lands near a small town and begins consuming everyone in its path, panic ensues. It's time for the first ever Morbid Movie Club as we covered The Blob 1988 on 30 Morbid Minutes. This is the podcast where we usually cover topics, people, places, history of a morbid, macabre, dark, and downright grisly nature. But because of a long-running joke we've had on this podcast, we now have this new thing we're starting up called Morbid Movie Club, where we talk about certain movies that might come up on this podcast or that we're partial to that are scary or creepy, and it just so happens that The Blob 1988 made the cut for this one. I'm Elise Willems. I'm Jessica Vasami. And yeah, it just came up naturally, although in the future, I'm sure that Elise is going to force me to watch some of her favorite demonic movies, and I'm just going to have to, you know, do it. Um, But this one (laughs) came up naturally in our episode in regards to um, the Great Molasses Flood, Boston Molasses Flood. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think you'll have an idea of why. I don't know if you guys have seen The Blob, but um, I don't know, Elise... Did you could you understand why my brain went there during that episode? <laughs> I, I definitely get it. And I love that it did. And I love that this is a movie that you were into as a kid because it's such a B movie. And I loved it. I did loved you really? It. I thought it was great. I had a great time. That makes me very happy to hear. Yeah. A a couple things about the blob, though, going into it. Yes, I completely see why you thought that this could have been the inspiration or we sort of came to the like we came to the conclusion of could this have been the inspiration f- behind it like the Boston molasses flood mm-hmm. people saw this big gooey blob of molasses and thought that could be a horror <laughs> alien yeah did James watch this with you we did we my husband and James and I watched it together yeah okay, great. he was into great. it he had seen it maybe or a little bit of it but he was into it Good. I'm glad. Okay, keep going. Okay, a couple things. This movie came out in 1988. Runtime, an hour and 35 minutes, which is the perfect length for a movie. Okay, we're getting into these three-hour movies nowadays. Nobody, we want a 90-minute movie. Thank you, The Blob. I have to pee. Yeah. Yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) This this year, it celebrated its 35th anniversary, actually. Damn. Wow. So, what a milestone. I mean, I was going to say, it was 1988. That was the year I was born. And I am 35. So, you know, the math adds up. (laughs) You know how there's, like, in the Chinese Zodiac, there's, like, the pig or the rat. You're the blob. (laughs) Sure am. And I'm owning it. Yep. Yes. I love I wish I was the blob. (laughs) (laughs) This movie was directed by Chuck Russell. He also directed The Mask, the Jim Carrey one. Mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger in Eraser, The <laughs> Scorpion King, and one of <laughs> one of my favorite horror movies, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. The third one. Yeah. Gotta love it. And he co-wrote the screenplay with Frank Darabont, who you know from The Walking Dead, Shawshank mm. Redemption, The Green mm-hmm. Mile. Mm-hmm. And so what I we're saying th- is the blob's a winner. The blob's a winner. And well, it wasn't at the box office because it was actually a box office failure. 
Okay. I know, which really sucks. Yeah, it only grossed 8.2 million against a budget of about 10 million, but it's since become a cult classic. I mean, you you're helping it, Jess, become a cult classic. I really classic. am. Yeah. It's always it's funny how like even though there's and there's quite a few movies out there that like might not do super well at the box office or maybe at the time wasn't super popular, but then th- many years later becomes, yeah, popular, a cult following. And, um, you know, this fits the blob. This this makes sense. Yes. And especially with this movie, with the level of practical effects and the crazy body horror stuff that they're doing in it, I can absolutely see why we would look back with this at this with such nostalgia and reverence. Mm-hmm. You know, I... Oh, yeah. I totally get it because I was in awe watching this stuff like the severed hand, which apparently they had to build a whole platform to do like a a puppet show would to do that stunt is so cool. Yes. And I, I, that's what I miss about, you know, our movies nowadays, it's a lot of like visual effects. And while that is an incredible skill set in itself and the, the fact that we have come so far with computer technology and we're able to make such you know, the wildest things that we can only think of in our dreams come true and put it on the screen is incredible. But I got to say, I do miss the days where everything was practical effects. And this was great watching it because I watched it with my partner for the first time, not the first time, his first time. And the scenes where, yes, the people are getting quite brutally uh, murdered by this blob <laughs> um, were that the practical effects were so incredible that even to this day, as people, as again, kids, me and my partner, just again, being con- so consumed in such computer generated type effects, we're still taken aback and like jumped and it had such visceral reactions from it. And we're just like, I miss this. This is great. This is good yes. stuff. Yes, and it's definitely compared to the one from the 1950s, and it's so hardcore. <laughs> I did not see the 1950s one though. So I, I haven't. I, I I just know <laughs> they are not okay. the same movie. <laughs> like you watch this and you're like, "There's no way." Yeah, yeah. Some notable actors are in this movie. I Kevin, know. Yeah, Kevin Dillon as Brian Flagg, which we know from Entourage. Now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shawnee Smith is Meg. M- uh, Penny, and she's also mm-hmm. well known from the Saw series. She's Amanda in that. Yes, so good. Sticking De- with her, sticking with the horror genre. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Demun as the sheriff. You recognize him from The Walking Dead. Yes. Del Close, who's you know the father of improv. He plays the Reverend, and then there's also like Art Lafleur, character actor. Art Lafleur. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's the pharmacist, which one of my favorite things in this movie is there is an interaction with the you know, teenage boy and the pharmacist that yep. got me. So we're going to be talking with a ton of spoilers, just so you know. So if you haven't seen the movie, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about our general thoughts and then we're going to kind of do a walk through the plot. So if you haven't seen it you and you don't want to learn about what the movie is that way, I would go watch it. But if you do want to just hear us recap it, that's that sounds great. Hell yeah. So Jess, You were on a rewatch here, but you hadn't seen it in a while. Yeah. First, I think it's crazy because like I saw this as a child. Um, My parents are big horror buffs. And so I was raised with watching a lot of horror movers, movies slash sneaking, uh, peering through the upstairs, like stairs banister watching movies. I vividly remember my parents watching Scream and I'm just like peeking from upstairs through the banister and they're like, go to bed and just remember (laughs) seeing Ghostface brutally murdering everybody. But yeah, so I vividly remember the scenes in the, um, this is closer to the end of the movie, but 
when the blob has reached quite a large, um, sort of just large size after, you know, consuming so many people. And it's like in the town square. Um, I remember like, as soon as I saw that scene, I watched it again this past week. I was like, I remember that as a child. I'm bringing back all these memories that were in my subconscious of the blob and it's back. (laughs) Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it watching it again. I did not know what I was. Go- I was like, oh, man, I'm making Elise watch this. We're doing a whole podcast. Up- uh, Jessica, you better not. This this better hold up. And I'm so thankful that it did. And um, th- I will say, like, my favorite part of the entire thing were, were the, the murders. <laughs> the horrific murders were just so incredible to watch. I just I couldn't wait for the next one because I'm sick in the head. I definitely think that that is the shining point of this movie is the creativity with the blob taking over people and spitting them out or incompletely (laughs) dissolving them, absorbing them. Um, It it was so fun. And and yeah, I feel like in a lot of movies nowadays, you might maybe you'll get like three big deaths or something like that. No, this movie doesn't stop. (laughs) (laughs) And I think like, doesn't a kid die in it? No one's sort of off limits, right? Yes. Yes, and I legitimately, during the sewer scene, um, I thought it was uh, Meg's brother. And I was like, wait, Devin, is that Meg's brother? Or was the other kid climbing up Meg's brother? He's like, no, 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 that's the kid climbing up is Meg's brother. So it wasn't her brother that died? Because I'm like, that would have been really cold-hearted to have her brother, a kid, die. But it was the other kid. So I was like, eh, I guess fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes, you're right. Children actually died in this movie. Yes. Yeah. And you yeah. got to see it. Which get that gets an A plus. I think that if if you if you're willing to to do that, like there's you know you're not pulling any punches. I uh, I will I will say not to spoil anything, but the the newest Evil Dead movie did some stuff with that. I was like, oh, that I was not expecting that. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. I love that the horror genre still finds new ways to um, you know kind of surprise us and really mm-hmm. really cut to our core. So. Mm-hmm. I really loved the whole B-movie vibe and the small town setting. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. I love that they kind of do the switcheroo where they they tell you that they telegraph that you're supposed to think that this one teenage kid is the the main kid that we're supposed to be rooting for. And they do the switcheroo and pull in Kevin Dillon. Yes. Yes. And we first see him with a motorcycle, smoking a cigarette, <laughs> has a beer, leather jacket, the hair of God, the hair. I know this is the 80s, but whoo. Jessica, they are hair extensions. Did you know that? Stop it. No. Both Kevin Dillon and Shawnee Smith are wearing hair extensions in this movie. That is hilarious. Which, like, it doesn't, why, it doesn't look like he has them or would need them. Like, his hair is not, it's not that unachievable, you know, but... No, yeah, and, I guess and, and he was. Th- yeah, and I'm like, that makes me wonder. I'm like, what did it? What did his hair look like in the '80s during that time, anyway? Because that is the look. I'm like, what were you just not going with the style at the time? Why did you have to put hair extensions in? <laughs> yeah, I know, because everybody had that hockey hair anyway. Yeah, but um, no, and I love how like you you do see him. He's pondering something. You know, he's looking at this broken bridge, and hey, all I'm gonna say is that it comes full circle at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That broken bridge comes back. (laughs) Before we get to the plot, a couple quick sort of trivia or BTS insights about the movie. The blob itself was made from this combination of methicil and silk. Methicil is like a food additive. You use it to kind of thicken up more viscous or liquidy 
kind of like gravies or mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that's how they make, they could help it like be warped or keep its shape by using this sort of substance. Which is still used today with uh, like special effects artists. Oh, whatnot. really? Yes. We've actually used it, not me, Anna, one of our special effects artists. On, um, I don't know if it was Bloodfest or it was a Million Dollars Butt episode, but yes, I remember her talk talking to her in depth about it. Cool. I love I love how there are certain filmmaking techniques that were established decades and decades ago, but they just they worked so well. Nothing can improve upon them, so we still use them. Absolutely. You know what? If it's not broken, don't try to what? fix it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One of the soldiers who uh, suffers limb loss was played by an amputee. Oh. Which I guess it's like that was probably the easiest way to to do an effect like that. That does um, make sense. But it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shawnee Smith, who got her role in the Saw franchise, she kind of got that role because the the um, James Wan and the writer were like big Blob fans. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, it. Yeah, which like okay, that that makes sense. I think that's kind of the Stranger Things effect too, where it's like, oh, Winona Ryder is in Stranger Things and probably was, you know, the the total babe and package for these the Duffer brothers when they were teens, right? Oh, for for sure, yeah. But yeah, now without further ado, maybe it's time to get into the blob. I'm ready. I've been ready. I've been ready since we started this season. I like that our whole recent season was just to get to the point of talking about the blob. Um, I But yeah, I can't wait to see what this... You know, now I'm going to be searching for movies to bring up that I just want to make you watch. Please do. And Jess, I started watching the movie and I was taking notes. Okay. <laughs> and then something happened and I stopped taking notes. And... <laughs> So the movie starts with this like slow zoom into the onto the earth, right? From space, which I really appreciated because I thought, okay, that where they're showing us, you know, this is something alien coming toward earth. They're showing us the how small earth looks from space, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We get to this town, it's like a ghost town. It's so empty, foreboding the opening credits. Yeah. I loved how um eerie it was. A, a couple of times because I'm such a weird movie buff, I was like all right, this is an 80s movie. Was this, did this take place, you know, like on the Warner Brothers law? I see the fountain. That kind of looks fake. Of course, then I Googled it. I'm like, no, it actually takes place. They shot in Louisiana, you know, Mm -hmm. Abbeville, Louisiana. I'm like, okay, never mind. Mm -hmm. But I just had to know where it was shot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Where, do you know where, was it shot in Arborville, California, where it takes place? No, it was shot, it was filmed in Abbeville, Louisiana. Oh, oh, it really was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I just, I needed to know that. I just needed to know that information okay. <laughs> before I continued watching. I, um, and stop me if, if any of the trajectory of this story is wrong. But okay. um, so, yeah, it starts with a football game, right? We've got the, which, God, I have such a bad memory. I'm already like, what happened at the football game? No, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's so funny because it's like your typical tropes, like as you're watching it, you know, and especially since we've seen all the horror movies since the 80s too. But like, yeah, it's your typical tropes where it's like one of the the hot football players. I think his name is Paul, um, and then the the cheerleader who is you know Meg Shawnee, mm-hmm. and he wants to ask her out on a date, and uh, he ends up getting hurt. She, he's and then she comes over and she's like, "Are you okay?" 
And he's like, want to go get dinner later tonight? And she eventually says yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yep. then uh, I think that's when we, maybe I think that's maybe when we go, uh, eventually we see Kevin, you know, in his part of the story. Kevin Dillon? Kevin Dillon. Sorry, his, Brian. Brian. That's his character yeah. name. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then Paul is the, the football player. Yes. And yes. Meg Penny is Shawnee Smith. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and like... Kevin Dillon, uh, Brian, he's like such a tough, he's a ne'er-do-well, right? And then mm-hmm. Paul seems like this all-American football, like quarterback kid. Yeah. But Paul is also kind of like a typical teen boy because he goes to the pharmacy to like buy condoms for his date. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, goes to the pharmacist and he's like buying these condoms and banaca or whatever, right? <laughs> um, we also, early in the movie, meet the sheriff. Yep. Uh, he like was at the diner. We meet a crazy old man with a dog. <laughs> hmm Yeah, in the in the forest. Yeah. And that's when the blob comes down. Yes. That's when the crazy old man in the forest is uh he's a homeless man. He's like a vagabond. He's just like living out there. He's collecting cans. Uh he squashes them and I I assume that he's using them to to get money after he collects so many. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just out there on his own with his dog, and then all of a sudden sees this like light in the sky coming towards him and then boom crash lands like I don't know a couple of yards away from him and what do we as humans do because I thought this as I was watching it me too I know exactly what you're gonna say yeah he picks up a damn stick Uh and he walks over and he has to check it out I know we are curious creatures I know I was just like I know us humans are curious creatures but if I saw that thing come from space I we I would need to really think very hard if I needed to to you know, be curious about this in this moment or just go get some sort of professional person to come help me. Yeah, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. I would call you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, okay, I, perfect. <laughs> I need you to come poke this blob. Um, yeah, so he pokes the blob. Not a good idea. And nope. the blob, as we know, as it continues, it steamrolls, right? It snowballs. So yep. the more the more people it can ab- absorb, the bigger it gets. It can consume, yep. really. Mm-hmm. But then cut over to the Penny house where Meg Penny and family live. And her little brother and his friend, they're like talking about sneaking into an R-rated movie during dinner. And that's when Paul arrives. Uh, mm-hmm. He's there to pick up Meg for their date. And this is one of my favorite parts of the movie because he realizes that Meg's dad is the pharmacist that uh, he bought the condoms from. <laughs> yep. Classic. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who, pretty great. Who, by the way, I know we didn't say this in the beginning, but I just have to say this. If you're a 90s kid... And you love the Sandlot. He plays Babe Ruth in the Sand Sandlot. The pharmacist Art Lafleur. Oh, that's right. Lafleur. He does. Which yes. I just I just saw the Sandlot for the first time, <gasps> like a month ago. Or couple because I know because I had never seen it. And James was like, "You need to see the Sandlot," and it wasn't uh. entirely what I thought it was going to be. Okay, I still we'll liked get into it. that another time. I'd love to hear your thoughts <laughs> on that. <Yeah>. <laughs> but okay, <laughs> yeah. So Art Lafleur is pretty pissed that this kid has shown up that he knows is buying condoms. <laughs> Take his teen, his teen daughter out for a date. Nevertheless, his daughter goes out with him mm-hmm. and they're driving in the car and uh, this is where our, you know, two stories here connect because, Jess... What happens? Our homeless man, vagabond man, that all of a sudden, he, he was poking, poking the damn thing from space the the that whatever that gooey stuff in this like weird hard shell that he was poking decides to <laughs> it, it like literally latches onto his hand with the, yep. the same hand that he's poking it with the stick 
he he's kind of slightly getting attacked by it. And throughout this process, he's trying to like run to get help, trying to like run out of the forest. But uh, I keep calling him Kevin Dillon. Brian um, also was around the forest area, just so happens to be at the same time. Didn't actually see this actual event happen with the homeless man, but noticed that he needed like help and was in trouble. Mm -hmm. So um, he ends up like trying to follow him out. And he's like, hey, dude, let me let me help you. And they just so happen to like come out to the street area, which is where uh, Paul and Meg are driving uh, to go to their date. And Paul accidentally runs over the homeless man with the thing on his hand. And then that's where our stories collide, because mm -hmm. then they're like, we got to take him to the hospital. You're getting in the car, too, Brian. The three of them and the homeless man in the back all go to the hospital. Yeah, they're, they all end up there. And Kevin Dillon's like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to be part of this at the hospital, right? Yeah. So they get to the hospital and then, uh, you know, Paul kind of sees like the old man is in bed there. And but like he's like looks really weird, like his throat's kind of bulging. His eyes have gone white and he's got like the blob on his entire hand. Yeah. Um, and so he pulls it's back. Like he's being controlled by it or something. It's super weird. Yeah. Very they, ominous. They pull back the sheets and his entire lower half has disintegrated, melted away effectively. Mm-hmm. So, like, he goes, he's like, I got to get the police here uh, to help. I need, I need help here. And this is where one of the best scenes in the movie happens. Mm -hmm. I think um, so, too. This is one yeah. of the better ones. Because we've, we've, like we said, we've also been set up to think that Paul is going to be our teen hero here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he gets blobbed real hard, right? He's the first. Well, no, he's the second one to get blobbed. <laughs> yeah. The first one is the the homeless man. He, he ends up getting it first, obviously. And then... Uh, Yep. Uh, the, the Paul, he go, he's calling the cops on the phone. He's just like, we need help. You know, this thing is, um, just killed this homeless man, but it's something really awful. I've never seen anything like it before. And as he's on the phone, typical cliche horror tropes, you see the blob kind of sliming down the wall behind him. He's, he mm -hmm. doesn't know that it's there though. And then boom, blobs him. Yeah, <laughs> he gets blocked <laughs> real hard. And yeah. then Meg Meg comes in. She's like, oh, my God, I got to help you. Grabs his arm, but it, like, rips off as yep. the rest of him is being melted into the blob. The blob has this acid, like, stomach acid dissolving, like, quality to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and you essentially become it. And then Meg delivers. I love it. Because I just love the old horror trope. She delivers that, like, classic scream. You know what I mean? Where they just, the, the camera's, like, right on her. And she's like, like super dramatic, like horror scream. Yeah. Uh, and then we move on. You know, you just have to have that. Yeah. You got to move. Meg's kind of like knocked unconscious and whatever too. Mm -hmm. And then the blob is like, okay, I'm done at the hospital. This has been fun. I've learned a lot, but I need to go spread my wings <laughs> and blob. So then he, the blob goes and we're, we cut to two teenagers, Scott and Vicky, mm -hmm. and they're making out in the back of a car and Vicky kind of sees, oh, something's going on at the hospital. Like, what's happening there? But I guess she's, like, drunk, too. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so she's kind of, like, passing out. And then we, Scott, the teen guy, total creep. Um, like, yeah. he's still, like, trying to make out with her, with her while she's passed out. Yep. And, and uh, I, and then, thankfully, this is the moment in the movie where I was like, wow, the blob is kind of the hero here. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, in this one scene, yes. Yeah, because the blob shows up, and I have in my in my notes here, blob can tell this guy's a creep. He needs to get blobbed ASAP. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, except Vicky is also collateral damage here. Yes, she right, gets Jess? blobbed as well. She does get blobbed as well, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, yeah, she gets she gets blobbed, but then like Scott, thankfully, gets it's coming to him too. Yep. Um. After this, there's a teen. You know, there's some interrogation with the cops, and there's a cop that gets licked on the mouth. It's kind of weird. Yeah, that yeah. was strange. Um, Brian does that right. Yeah, that was like a, a weird. I'm like, huh, why? But okay. Um, yeah. And then uh, Meg's mom brings her a sleeping pill to be like, okay, you're because she's all distraught by her date being eaten by this blob. And Meg's like, mm-hmm. how come nobody believes me? Mm-hmm. And but then this is also where I fell asleep. <laughs> oh, okay. Did you really fall asleep? I did, but not because I was not so enthralled by the movie it was just late and i was pretty tired okay that's okay yeah i'll tell you how great this movie is though jess because i took a little like 30 minute power nap and then i was back i was back to the blob after (laughs) okay wait so did james like pause it or did he let you like have a little cat nap and then he's like all right you awake now okay let's go he went to go walk our dog and then when i came when he came back i was i was i was bad i was okay good to go you just needed a little nap i understand you're like yeah and i think the fact that I fell asleep while Meg was falling asleep, like, it was too, too well, you know, timed, I think. You were in sync. I see. I see what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to need your help more with recapping it after, though, because I didn't take any notes. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah. Let's, okay, let's, okay. Yeah, let's do it. But <laughs> I, th- I think uh, Meg and Brian run into each other at the diner, right? And yes. Meg's, like, telling him about the blob. Yeah, she's telling him, she was like, no one believes me. Mm-hmm. And she's distraught. Like, she's upset and distraught. Uh, she saw something that no one else did. Her kind of boyfriend, I guess, died in the most horrific way. And then uh, Brian is just like, kind she of. She barely knew him. I'd be like, honey, you're going to do so much better. Like, yeah, it's okay for sure. That guy got blobbed. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And then Brian just kind of like, kind of pushes her off to the side. She's like, you're just like the rest of them. And then what do you know? In the back kitchen of the diner, um, they're at the diner because they're having just like a late a late dinner, you know, as as you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, there's the sink is clogged in the back, and they need to use the sink. You know, you're in a big kitchen, running a restaurant, you need the sink. So they're they're trying yeah. to unclog the sink with a, a sink yeah. plunger, which is different than a toilet plunger. Must I say? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's um, the the handyman George, thankfully. Yes, yes, uh-huh. he's on the and premises. So Yes, and he's like trying to unclog it as, as best he can, and it's not working. So what does he do? He sticks his hand down the drain. Oh no! You know, and we've just we just know that that's what, bad news. What could be in that drain? <laughs> well, let's think here. Um, well, he sticks it down, and then you know he has like this weird expression on his face. He's like, huh? Pulls it back up. He notices like a slimy liquid on his fingers, and then before you know it. The blob shoots out of this tiny, tiny drain and literally sucks his entire body through the tiny sinkhole so good. into the the drain. 
in front of because they hear him screaming because they hear him screaming yeah. the um the waitress and then of course Brian and Meg run into the kitchen so now Brian has seen it with his own eyes oh yeah and Brian so now he finally believes her yeah Fran yes. and so Fran goes to the payphone to like call the police or whatever right mm-hmm mm-hmm yep and while she's she's out there in the payphone, and this is another great... This movie is just, like you said earlier, just full of great kills. <laughs> um, anytime the, the blob's getting business done. And so, and also, we should have set up before, too, that Fran and then Sheriff Geller, they had sort of this little bit of tension to them, right? This, oh, maybe there's a romance there. Mm-hmm. And so Fran's, Fran's in the telephone booth, and she's trying to get help. And then, sure enough, through the glass, she sees this disgusting, gelatinous, now human-sized blob pull up. And as she kind of looks through the translucency of the blob, she can see Sheriff Geller has kind of been, like, partially consumed by it. Yep. And it looks like he's, like, honestly screaming or trying to, like, call to her, which is another very eerie and, like... While while this is an 80s B-movie, there are some aspects of the blob that are like kind of cut to your core, like when they are, when these people are being blobbed, you can, you can see them. Yeah. Like screaming inside of it, which is very unsettling. And we're going to talk about more. That's very unsettling after a word from our sponsors. If I am going through a drought of bad sleep, life can feel so challenging. I have bad brain It feels really, really hard to do things. I don't feel like I'm in the right headspace to be creative. Sleep affects your body, your mind so much. My brain is like jelly, but there's something that I have found that helps. And you've heard Jess and I sing its praises before, but we cannot stop ourselves because truly it has changed the way that I sleep and the way that I feel every day. And that is the Hatch Restore 2. We are both so in love with this sleep. It's it's a gentle sleep guide. It's an ally in rest. It is so much to us. The Hatch Restore 2, it's your all-in-one dream machine. You've got an alarm clock, a light, a sophisticated sound machine, and it's really beautiful to look at. The Hatch Restore 2 is made to help you form healthy sleep habits and truly, above all, being well-rested. It allows us to show up for work, for fun. Sometimes I cancel plans because I'm like, I'm too tired to do this. Your hatch teaches your body when it's time to sleep and when it's time to rise with light and sound cues. Sometimes I wake up purely by the light. I don't even need a, you know, blaring sound in your ear like a traditional alarm clock, which this is not. This is a very soothing sound that that just kind of like lulls you awake. I also use the sound machine to fall asleep. I put on a relaxing rainstorm. <laughs> Sometimes I just put it on when I want to read and just have some really, really nice ambient sound around me. And holy heck, this has changed the way that I sleep. Um, and especially the way that I wake up and the way that I feel when I wake up. Like I said, when it's just a gradually growing light that's waking me up, it is just such a huge difference to the like, oh, I'm awake, you know, shock of a traditional alarm waking you up. I love it so much. I, we cannot say enough good things about the Hatch Restore 2. And right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of a Hatch Restore 2 and free shipping at hatch.co slash 30mm. So sleep deeply and wake gently with the Restore 2. Go to hatch.co slash 30mm 
to get $20 off and free shipping. That's hatch.co slash 30mm. We're officially heading into the holidays, and that means stressing ourselves out with work, with getting all our decorations ready, but also with scouring the world to find the perfect gifts. I have a hard time with this because, you know, you want everyone in your life to get something original, unique, that's specific to them. I have a hard time no more because of Uncommon Goods. They have so much offbeat, unexpected stuff. They do all of this curating, this scouring for you. They've got remarkable and truly unique gifts that serve the true purpose of the season, which is making your loved ones feel thought of, feeling like you put in the time to find something that was very specific to them, which I think is a big part of gift giving is making someone feel like you got something and you put a lot of thought into what this gift would mean, not just for anyone, but for them. Uncommon goods look for high quality, unique, and often handmade out of the ordinary gifts. So whether you're looking for something for family or your secret Santa or a work friend, they have something for all those people. And the cool thing that Jess and I also really dig is that you are also supporting artists and small independent businesses when you shop there because that is where a lot of the products come from. It has made shopping so much easier. They have jewelry, art, kitchen and bar items, even home goods. You'll be shopping for family and friends, but you will find stuff for you too. Um, They have a lot of teas and specialty lattes and Jess and I are both big tea drinkers. Um, And honestly, you might find a few morbid things on there. I got my nocturnal dial, (laughs) which is kind of like an inverse sundial on Uncommon Goods. And I brought a a beautiful tulip serving dish for it. Um, I like cannot, if you need like a baby shower gift, which a lot of my friends are having babies right now. um, They have so many fun, unique things and like gifts for the mom. They've got, uh, you know, mama bear necklaces and customized birthstone necklaces. So like really special gifts for the special people in your life. Plus with every purchase, they give $1 to a nonprofit of your choice. So you're kind of given twice there. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash 30mm. That's uncommongoods.com slash 30mm for 15% off. So don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we are all out of the ordinary. Okay, so we just talked about the infamous telephone booth scene where Fran and uh, the sheriff add to the body count. And I totally, if you had asked me, I would tell you that Sheriff Geller was probably going to be fine or we would or he would die at least later in the movie. But no, they take him out already. Again, which is so great about this movie is that they're they're killing whoever they need to. The blob is here. Yeah, I love it. Um, Megan and Brian, like they go to get the police. And then we learn about how like Deputy Briggs is now they've they've found the meteor landing site. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we, this is where we're starting to get the government, the the shadowy trappings of the government involved because apparently there's been this like meteor landing or something. There's something else going on here more than meets the eye, Absolutely. right? You know when it's, and you've seen this of course in movies of like when the government shows up or I don't know, where they're all dressed in like um, quarantine type Hazmat suits. suits. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And um, when you first see them, you're like, okay, they're here to help and they're making sure that everybody is safe. They're kind of like closing down the um the town and blocking off everything just to make sure like everything's contained they don't want to um create any more they don't know if it's contagious or not so 
We're like, okay, great. Yeah. But. Mm -hmm. The military shows up and there's a scientist, Dr. Meadows, who's uh, calling the shots. And he says, like, quarantine this Mm -hmm. town. Okay, nobody leaves. Nobody gets in. And I mean, I think what you're describing, we had a sort of softer version of with COVID where we're we're like, okay, is the government telling us everything? Like, what information do we need to know? Like, you know, it's it's scary. Like, we live through something kind of scary. (laughs) So... Brian's kind of, this is where Brian's sort of like, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, I only take care of Brian's, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He and Meg have known each other for 15 minutes <laughs> are starting to have these this quarrel as if they've been dating uh-huh. for years. Where she's like, okay, well, I have a family here. And Brian's like, I ain't got mm-hmm, no one. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the small town bad boy. <laughs> yeah. And she momentarily meets up with her parents. And it's through them that she learns that her brother is missing. Her brother, who we met during the family dinner scene when dead boyfriend number one came to pick her up for their date. Yes. And so Kevin and his bud did successfully sneak into the movie theater, right? And (laughs) I like that there's like two kids in a movie and then there's this really obnoxious guy there (laughs) who's being a jerk. Yeah. These two. And like they're, how old are these kids? They're like, I don't know, 10? 10, yeah. Yeah. Around that age. Yeah. But they're, um, they're in the movie and there's this guy that won't stop talking. Yeah. And it's a drive-in, right? And they're wearing headphones. No, it's not. Never mind. Oh, no. It's in a theater. Yeah. it's That's right. It's in a theater. Yeah. But this guy is fully prepared to like fight these kids who are asking mm-hmm. him to please be quiet. Yes. And so Meg is like, I got to get to that theater. I got to save my, you know, my little brother who lied and now he's at the movies. Mm-hmm. But the blob just so happens to be anywhere Meg is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. This right? is a movie after all. Yep. Yeah. So the blob shows up to the theater. What happens there, Jess? It blobs out again. You know, we're calling it blobbing out. And it sure does. And there's a whole slew of people in this theater. You know, those see- mm-hmm. it's packed in there. So it is feasting and it's only getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Crazy part, at the same time that this is happening, we're also learning what Brian is learning when it comes to the guys, our government and the hazmat suits. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't didn't know if you wanted me like, are we ready to go there? No, please, please. Yeah, we're ready to go there. Okay, so Brian is in, so he, you know, she was taken, they both were taken because from the, the guys in the hazmat suits back to the town hall area to, you know, remain safe and just to make sure that everybody's being quarantined properly. But again, like we said earlier, Brian's like, I'm not going, I'm doing my own thing. So he jumps out the truck and she's like, I need to go be with my family. And so we're, again, we're back to his story. These, both of these storylines are kind of happening simultaneously. So while Meg is like at the theater, everybody's getting blobbed. Brian Mm -hmm. is learning the true, the truth about this kind of meteorite that has crash landed. And what do you know, as they pull the full, like, kind of like spaceship meteorite from the ground up, you see a little American flag mm-hmm. on the side of it. It kind of looks like a, like a little spaceship. It's like silver and looks like a dome yep. type situation. And then you see an American flag. And then they start talking about how their little experiment uh, has succeeded. Government telling on themselves. Of course. So he sees all of this. He sees that, yes, it is us, the U.S. government that is behind this entire thing. And um, now it's been let loose. And yes, it is a small town, but hey, they're scientists and they need to, we we continue to see what happens after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically like the U.S. 
was doing biological warfare experiments during the Cold War. And they took this like outer space radiation and then it mutated with bacteria. But I thought that it was going to be like this blob purely came from space. So the element of the government's kind of behind it, I was like, oh, that's an interesting level to this. It is, yes. Because mm-hmm. what if our government really did create something like that? Oh, boy. Yep. Oh, so boy. <laughs> doc- Dr. Meadows, who's kind of like an evil military scientist who really doesn't care about the human element, he his thinking is, okay, well, what we're going to do is we're just going to like trap the blob in the sewers, contain mm-hmm. it down there. Mm-hmm. But we've got Meg, Kevin, and Eddie all down in the sewers. Yes. Because it's just so you know, they she was able to grab um, her her brother and his friend from the mm-hmm. movie theater, and then they yep. did escape into the sewer. So now we're in the sewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Brian's learned all about this, and he's like, oh, "I gotta save this girl that I just met 15 minutes ago," <laughs> because she means she means everything to me. <laughs> so he's also a stuntman, and he takes his motorcycle into the sewers. <laughs> <laughs> and he like finds Meg and Kevin, right? Yeah, her brother. Yeah. And uh Eddie though. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, wait, it's been a while since we've had a kill, so somebody's got to go. And, and Kev- Eddie has yep. less plot armor. <laughs> yep. Yes, 100%. And this is yeah, so that one of those 10-year-old kids was a uh, blob go. has got to go. <laughs> Sorry, Eddie. Yep. We barely knew your name. Yep. I only know it from the wiki. Uh, <laughs> but and then here's the thing, too, is the government are so evil. They try to do this thing where they block them into the sewers with the sewer. Like they could they could just let these kids escape from the sewers. But they're like, no, they're contaminated. They pull the sewer grate over them and then they drive their truck so the tire is over the grate mm-hmm. and they can't push it up. It's so mm-hmm. evil. Yeah. Essentially locking them. Yeah. There's like four different areas out of the small town sewer system to reach uh, beyond the town. And so they're blocking off all four of those ports basically and containing it into just the sewer system of this tiny town. They are in the sewers. They mm-hmm. are completely blocked. Yeah. But uh, Kevin manages to escape. He scales a pipe like a little monkey. And then Mm -hmm. Brian saves Meg because they're meant to be together. And then Brian confronts Dr. Meadows and he's like, whoa, we all think that this is like, we don't know what this thing is, but it's actually the government that's doing this, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a standoff between the the sheriffs, uh, not, you know, not our main Mm -hmm. guy because he was blobbed, but his his people, his the rest of his team. And it's like the uh, the government guys in the hazmat suits and then the local town sheriffs, they kind of have like a standoff with their guns and, and Brian is in the middle of it. Brian and Meg are in the middle of it and he's trying to convince the the sheriffs like, hey, I know what's going on here. You can't trust these guys. This is actually a product of their little science experiments. Do not trust them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, well, what happens next? Well, Meadows, he like shoots at Brian, which like the, it, also Brian's a teenager, okay? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Even though they look like they're 25, they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. And so Meadows gets what's coming to him because the blob is like, oh, hell no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the blob knows. And he like slides, yeah, slides into Meadows' hazmat suit and then drags him into the sewer. And the military, their last ditch effort is, okay, we're just going to blow it up. Yeah. Um, but we, we're, we've 
don't really know exactly what the blob's parameters are by this point. What could weaken it? What could hurt it? Mm-hmm. And clearly explosives ain't it, right? Yeah, yes. Because they try to throw, I don't know what the exact explosive is. Maybe it was C4 into the sewer to try and just like, but uh, it didn't work because then it just busts out of the sewer bigger yeah, it's like, I'm matter. Hungry. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just just ready. I it just made it mad. I think even Brian, Kevin Dillon even says that. I was like, you guys just made it mad or something, something like that. And um that's when like our last final giant scene comes into play where the blob it's it's basically a fight against the blob and you know our protagonist and and the townspeople. Yeah. And um mm-hmm. Because there's like one crucial detail they learn because Del Close's character, the Reverend, he gets like, he's um, set on fire, right? He and then is, yes. Meg, yeah. And then Meg takes out a fire extinguisher and as she's extinguishing him, she shoots the blob too. And then that's when she makes the connection when the blob sort of backs off that, oh, the blob doesn't like cold. Which mm-hmm. they teased earlier because there was mm-hmm. a scene, I guess, in the diner where they go in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Like the, and then like the blob's the like, freezer. I don't want to go in there. Yeah. Yep. 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 And mm-hmm. so then, yeah, it's like the big connection is, oh, it doesn't like cold. So yes. they're all at the town hall and now the all the townspeople are like, okay, well, if we're going to battle this thing, spread the word, cold is what it hates. Mm-hmm. What's going to do it in? Um mm-hmm. And, and in the town hall, they have like they they have fire extinguishers. I think they're just taking as many fire extinguishers that they possibly can, and they're um, basically you know sh- shooting the fire extinguisher out of it. And then, well, you know what? You're going to run out of it. And they did, but but <laughs> but um, lucky lucky us and for everybody in the movie. Um, I don't remember his name. It was Brian's friend from the beginning. His is like, it Briggs? Yeah, his mechanic friend. Yes. Yeah. He has like a snowmaking truck that has like canisters of liquid nitrogen <laughs> in there. And um, we see him in the beginning and he's not like a main character, but he's just kind of like, you know, a side character that you just see. You make note of this one little thing. He has a snowmaking truck with liquid mm-hmm. nitrogen. They, when he mm-hmm. meets him in actually his like uh, his car garage or something, he's like a mechanic. Uh, he keeps his beer in his truck, which is funny to yeah. keep it cold. But um, but yeah, so he comes plowing through with his giant truck and um it's which yeah <laughs> i love because like at the beginning of this movie this this kid is just some like bum teenager that he's causing trouble thinks he's so tough and now he's got a he's, for some reason got a snowmaker and he's saving the whole town from an <laughs> alien menace like you it's so i love this i love where all this went I'm so glad you did. I re- I really love that you loved this. It makes me feel very happy. I did. I would watch it again. Um, yeah, good. Yeah. And what's so funny is that, so yeah, when they do the, um, I, I, I mentioned this to Devin too, is like when finally they um, shoot at the, I think um, it's Meg who kind of puts like a bomb or something in the the snowmaking truck with the liquid <laughs> well, nitrogen and it explodes. What I'm reading here is she has rigged with an explosive charge taken from a dying soldier. She's like 16. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, 
And I, I'm reading it too. Yeah, the blob is about to overrun both Brian and Meg when the charge goes off, blowing up the canisters and covering the blob in liquid nitrogen, flash, flash freezing it, which is very, very important because when the blob is flash frozen, it turns into these crystallized crystals. It's really pretty, actually. It's very pretty. And they turn into like a bunch of pieces, though, of, of these crystals. Yeah. So like... You know, everything like calms down. The blob is now turned into crystals. And because the snow uh, that they just blew up an entire like snowmaking truck, when everybody's coming out of the town hall and everybody realizes, is the danger gone? It reminded me of like an old school Christmas movie where everybody wakes up on Christmas Day because they're all looking around and it's like snowing. I just looked at Devin. Yeah. I'm like, it just reminded me of a Christmas movie well, in I that just moment. I think about like in Edward Scissorhands when he's shaving the ice sculpture and then there's the <laughs> runoff snow and it's like, what is this? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird because it's like it shouldn't feel magical here. We just had a really horrific thing, and so many people died. (laughs) Yep, yep. I could not have seen this final scene coming, Jess. I completely forgot about it, so I did not see it either. Uh, do you want to break it down? It's Del Close again, the Reverend. No, you you do it. Okay, so we're we're kind of transported now. I don't know if we're still in the same town or he's gone somewhere else, but Reverend Meeker, the Del Close Reverend, he's in what sort of looks like one a more like makeshift church service. You know, it's a tent that's been put up in the middle of nowhere, not really like in a church in a metropolitan area. But and this scene takes place like after some time has passed, just yes, so you know. Yes. Yeah. And Meeker, we can see now that his burns that he had um, when Meg put him out with the fire extinguisher. They've kind of healed, but he's disfigured by them. And clearly he was already pretty unhinged, <laughs> but <laughs> now it's like he's just leaned into it. Yep. And he was already about the doomsday stuff, but now he's been strengthened by the blob's existence. Um, so he is doing this whole doomsday sermon and somebody there asks him, you know, when the day of reckoning is going to happen. He gives this very ominous soon and then he holds up a glass jar that has like a piece of the blob in it and it's moving and actually alive and I I was like what (laughs) yeah and his final line that says the Lord will give me a sign because just so everyone knows he has a piece of the blob in this glass jar because when the blob is crystallized again it's crystallized into a bunch of tiny pieces so you can literally pick up a frozen piece of the blob put it into a jar like he has. And then when it warms up again, it's a little blob again. It's a moving blob. Yeah. Which I guess is a very, this is a very specific trope of a very particular type of horror movie, which is, well, we can't end things on a positive. Things have to always end with a little bit of a cliffhanger. Could Mm -hmm. we think everything's wrapped up in a neat little package, but really is it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I I could have done with or without. I guess it's it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, you know, it's like is well, and especially since these are this was the third uh film and the I guess the tri- you want to call it a trilogy of the Blob. So it's like, <laughs> you know, a little like is the Blob coming back again? I don't know, <laughs> it, but or it's just a fucking cliffhanger, you know? So yeah. Well, I hope he comes back because hey. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. And if they are casting for it, I think we need to audition. I think we need to be the official podcast. <laughs> they don't sponsor this podcast at the very least. I'm going to be upset. <laughs> I Like I said, I really didn't know that there was going to be the whole, like, the governments behind this. It actually kind of made me think, too, of 
Oh, the Robert Rodriguez double feature that he did with Quentin Tarantino. Um, I forget what yeah. it's called. Is uh, it the woman with the like the machine gun leg? Yes. Um, Planet Ugh. Terror. Planet Terror. It, it like yeah. the way that in Planet Terror they're they're experimenting with chemical warfare and it kind of backfires. Mm-hmm. That that story device I thought was really yeah. well done in this. Yep. And I like uh, like Shawnee Smith was super cool in this. She was uh, great. Yeah. yeah. I went Kevin, down a rabbit hole on IMDb about her, you know, during the movie. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, what did, is it, and learn anything interesting? Well, no, that's just when I was like, I, I've, I researched all of them throughout the movie, but that's when I was like, oh, dude, she's from all the Saw movies. And yeah. Yeah. I, it's my only context for Kevin Dillon is really Entourage, which I admittedly have not seen much, if any, of. I... Haven't much either. So seeing him as sort of this like 80s teen heartthrob was Mm -hmm. fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we know his brother so well, who is Matt Dillon. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, if this movie came out now, people would love it. We'd be all over it. For sure. For sure. And I still think that those scenes, again, the practical effects like holds up to this day. You know? Yes, it's a little like, oh, that was cheesy. But some of it, I'm, I'm like... I don't know. Some that was it, really I good. I don't know how you would do better now. I really completely truly. agree. I'm even watching it then. I'm like, how did they do that though? Because to this day, I still don't know how they did that. Like, what did yeah. you do to? Yeah. So, do you know? Have you ever seen Attack the Block? No, I haven't. Oh, it's a really cool movie with John Boyega, and it gives. Oh man, it's so awesome. Okay. So awesome. You got if you and Devin put one thing on your Halloween watch list this year that I beg you to, it's Attack the Block. It's so cool. It's very short. I think it's only 85 minutes. Hey, but I'm down. It's very, it's a it's a creature feature, but not unlike anything you've seen. And the monster design in it is so cool. So when was well it made? done. And when was it made? I want to say 2011 or 12. Yeah, 2011. Okay. I'm looking at it. It was, I saw it in theaters, but it was a long time ago. And it's just it's so, so awesome. Like, just talking about it makes me want to go home and watch it tonight. Uh, okay, is it scary? It can be. I think if you were to make the blob today, that's the kind of tone you would go for. Nice. Okay, yeah. So not as campy or B-movie as this would be. Okay. But I think that's that's how you would make a contemporary version of this kind of story. Okay, I'm here it's for It's also it. very British, but... <laughs> well, I love the Brits. I love them. All right, Oh, great. I know you do. I do. Yeah, the whole time when you were having technical troubles earlier, I was talking in the mic and I was like, hey, it's me, Harry Potter. Anyway. <laughs> Give me a sock. Uh, I'm, I'm a free elf. An, yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're not an idiot. You're the person who brought this amazing movie to our attention. Should we be the blob for Halloween, but together and like then we just like suck people in at like whatever party we're at and we just, I don't know, remain close to them for the remainder of the oh, evening? That would be such a good costume if you're the blob and you keep getting bigger throughout the night. <laughs> that would be really fun. I just I would need to figure out like how, what type of material to use to like make it and then something that, to where I could like not necessarily suck in people, but just like grab them to where they, they feel like they can't like get out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but it would be great. <laughs> when it comes to Halloween costumes, before the holiday, I always think, oh man, it'd be so great to do this costume with that has all these layers and I do all these things. Like one year I was the bride from Ready or Not and I thought I should, during yes. the party halfway, I should disappear and then come back covered in blood. Yes. But then then the day comes and I'm like, I don't have the energy for this. I just yeah, want to be comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm I'm tired. 
I did like that costume, though, by the way. Oh, thank you. I Well, I, I like the blob, too. I think if you did it, or maybe couple's costume of the blob. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Imagine if you were the blob and then Devin was, like, the football player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you absorbed him at a certain point. I just keep night. doing that same bit, like, over and over, though, because I need to show everybody. And then he's just like, all right, we've done this bit, like, eight times where you absorb <laughs> me into your blob. I'm like, let's keep doing it. It's so much fun. Uh. <laughs> Thank you for bringing this up, Jessica, and making this happen. I hope that people like it so we can do more Morbid Movie Club. Yes, this was fun. And um, we'll give everybody, like, uh, I mean, we've we've definitely been letting you guys know throughout the season that we're going to be doing this. But just so you guys can watch uh, whatever movie we're going to cover next, so we can just go on this journey together. Or if you don't want to watch it and you just want to hear our take, that's fine too. Yeah. But um, no, this was fun. And it's going to be... It's going to be good for me because I know your pick is coming soon, you know, and I need to face my fears and I'm ready. I think I'm finally ready to do it. I think like doing this podcast for almost two years now has really helped me. So have you ever seen The Exorcist? I have. The original? Yes. Okay. 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 And that one doesn't bother me as much because it was made so long ago. So I do, I'm still, I'm like looking at her face as it's green. I'm like, oh, that was cool makeup the way they did that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whereas I watched the exorcism of Emily Rose and I probably had a heart attack. I blacked out. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, you know, there's, uh, yeah. So we'll just kind of take it as we go. Gosh. Well, I am looking forward to it. And thank you so much to everyone for subscribing to the podcast, leaving us reviews and comments. We really appreciate you for following us on TikTok at 30 Morbid Minutes. We post fun little short form morbid facts and things over there. Yes. I've been loving them. I loved, I didn't understand tickers, but now I do. <laughs> You're, so. but you have to understand it more than anyone. You're our main tickers person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, check us out on social media. Also, we have some, you know, some fun merch at the uh, Rooster Teeth store mm-hmm. um, as well. I'm wearing so. some right now. Oh, nice. I, and it's perfect for spooky season too. I am wearing the, uh, our, our Ouija board shirt that says, uh, you make life worth living, death worth the wait. Yes. And then it looks like a Ouija board surface. And people were complimenting on it, me on it earlier today. And no one here at our office compliments me. So, <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> What does that say about the shirt? Oh, man. It sounds like I need to get it. I already have it. Haha, <laughs> psych. That means you need to get it, everybody listening. Mm-hmm. Store.roosterteeth.com. Any other housekeeping, Jess? Be aware. No, that's it. So I guess for now, blah, bye, bye. <laughs> I knew. Well, because you started it last yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> blah, bye, Jessica. Blah, bye. <laughs>